Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast, What the Taboo. As you have guessed from the title, we will be discussing all things taboo. In today's podcast, we will be touching on the role colorism plays within social media and pop culture. As a disclaimer, all things discussed is our personal opinions and lived experiences. Hello Ebony and thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me ladies. Oh, it's a complete honour. Honestly, we're really inspired by what you do and the conversations that you discuss and bring to life. So thank you for doing what you do. Before we start, could you just explain a little bit about your Instagram platform? And where it's kicked off from, yeah, like how it's grown to such a big, amazing platform. So I have one for my business, which is a, is a marketing, purely marketing platform, because I run a digital marketing agency. But how I met you ladies is on my personal platform, which I decided to build an audience through a project that I started running since lockdown called Project IG Live with Ebony. Um, so the idea was that To be honest, I'm quite an inquisitive person anyway. I like to learn and discover new things. And so I decided to create a project that will bring, you know, friends and and, and those who, I don't like to use the term follow, but those who follow my page on the same journey. And that's when, you know, I, I reached out to amazing people such as yourself and many others who are doing really amazing things and also some controversial topics as well to kind of get the creative juices flowing and the minds flowing and open. And it's literally just a conversation. You know, I've spoken to various different people, covered various different topics. Recently, we covered one on Friday. So I say we as in me and the audience, if that makes sense. And we recently interviewed a transgender man and Although not everybody agrees with certain things, I I always think it's good to have an open dialogue so we can learn and coexist. Our last podcast, our speaker touched on this phrase and I really like it. It's collaboration, not competition. And we all can work together. And I think you do that so beautifully because you bring people from different backgrounds, different experiences, and you just give them that platform and that voice. So from us, like I'm sure you hear it a lot anyway, it's so appreciated because we, we join in for your lives. We're always taken back by the stuff that you do just because we learn as well. But it's also almost awareness in terms of how we can change. No, I receive that and, and likewise. So obviously with your digital marketing background, some elements of marketing background for us, obviously our area of expertise is colorism. So today we really want to touch on pop culture, social media and the role that colorism plays go into the first question do you think social media is increasing the presence of colorism or colorist views i think that is a very interesting question and how i would answer that without getting too technical would be something called algorithms why i say that is because algorithms are very important when it comes to anything digital and the way algorithms work is that it's it's kind of like AI, it learns what you like to engage in. And I find that that question depends on the user, the user being me and you are users. Anybody who uses Instagram, Facebook, all the other social media channels, I think it depends on what they tap into. So for example, I'll give an example of algorithms. I use TikTok quite a lot. When I say I use it, I'm a user. (laughs) I don't actually post content, not a content creator on TikTok. And 
Every time I open my TikTok, I see cats. <laughs> food, I really like food. And, you know, all other different trending topics as well. But the main ones are cats and food. Why is that? It's because I've engaged with a lot of content that include cats. And engaging looks like I've liked the content. I've commented on the content. So the algorithm is so advanced that it can detect what I'm interested in. So why I, answer, why I use that as an example to answer your question is because I believe it depends on what the user is interested in and that's what the algorithm will put out or, or put in front of them, essentially. To get a little bit deeper into your question, I guess we would have to look at adverts, you know, because there's quite a lot of adverts that appear or who are targeting specific audiences to kind of push forward their agenda. I would have to be honest and say, I definitely believe when it comes to some of the models or the influencers that are pushed forward on my feed, they do tend to be a little bit more on the lighter side, lighter complexion side. I'm talking a bit more towards mainly the black community, because I guess the algorithm I use quite a lot it is generally black. I would have to say I have noticed that, but then at the same time, because of the content that I engage with, I have seen the opposite, where I have seen that the topic of colorism or the topic of Black Lives Matter or all these other kind of issues seem to also appear a lot. So it's kind of, again, it's a complex answer because it definitely depends on what the user engages with, and that's what the algorithm gives back. You've zoned into a different aspect of it. We tend to think there's a lot of like obviously whitewashing on social media and it's very driven by like a Eurocentric beauty ideal. But actually the stuff that you've touched on is algorithm. And I feel like that's because of what's been normalized. It's been so normalized that you see very few people of color within that. And if it is a thing, it's a bit of tokenism, isn't it? Or there's a huge glorification, like, oh my God, yes, we've got this. And it's not normalized. Like it should just be a normal thing that, oh, there's, there's someone from a South Asian community on there. I agree with that. Sorry, can I just jump in? Because you made a good point there. Uh, TikTok is a prime example. There was a big campaign because there was a theory. TikTok tend to push forward content from white content creators a lot more than they did people of colour. Yeah. So that was a massive thing. What that basically meant was a person, because even there was like trends, music trends, right? And what happens is when these music trends come out or dance trends come out, a lot of the time it's created by a person of colour. But nobody really knows the originator because a lot of the times they would push forward the white content creator. So then once the white content creator makes it a trend, you start to see a duplication. And then that person of color who created the trend, and this could be food, this could be dance trends. I'm just giving you examples, right? It's, you're very right. It is very whitewashed. I mean, TikTok was accused of that. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That is definitely a thing. And in fact, some people of color have actually, the reason why I talked about algorithms is because I hope I'm not jumping ahead with your question now. That's why some content creators understand algorithms. So they, I'm not gonna say deliberately, cause that sounds a bit um, insidious, but they do tend to, engage content from people of people of color a little bit more than white content creators just to teach the algorithm what they're interested in seeing. So LinkedIn were, was called out as well quite recently about whitening some profile photos. You see a lot of that on Snapchat, like it's normalized to have a filter that changes your skin tones and then everyone's jumping onto that bandwagon. They were calling it the cocoa filter. It was pulled down within a day because it would make people look darker and it's just like, why? Why do we need to? There's a lot of things that are wrong with social media, but I think the skin tone one just emphasizes that whole 
colorist view and racism as well because you see a lot of people that do hold racist values put other graphic overlays that are often in negative terms because sometimes i just want a butterfly on my face (laughs) (laughs) in trying to put a butterfly on my face i have to change the skin tone like that doesn't make sense you notice but it's like a in the back of your head so i used to use snapchat filters i don't anymore i don't know what happened but it used to i used to think oh it makes me look smoother (laughs) my skin looks smoother but then in doing that you were a bit lighter and it's weird because as we're speaking i'm thinking maybe the, the the darker shade filter isn't bad in terms of counteracting the filter that's been around for so long that makes you lighter. So it shouldn't happen anyway. To balance the two, maybe we should have the option to do both or have no option. So yeah, no, that's a good that's a good observation. For me, I feel like it's fueled by very subtle, or maybe not so subtly, um, fueled by like big brands. So like obviously you see a lot of brands like Olay, Lancome, they'll use the terminologies brightening, illuminating, whitening. But I feel like that places those ideologies within our minds and then that that you strive for. Like there is what people often describe an Instagram look, isn't there? And it's very typically big eyebrows, lip fillers, very pale skin or very clear skin that doesn't have blemishes or any marks. So I feel like that plays a role. But I also feel like, and this is not me singling any singers out, but I feel like a lot of singers glorify the emphasis on light skin as well. You hear the terminologies like yellow bone. Okay, everyone's entitled to a preference. That in itself is difficult for me to process. Like why are you glorifying light skin tones and then obviously implicating the views of others? I totally agree. I think even Lil Wayne, years ago, he made a statement that he would never have a dark-skinned daughter again because he was with a dark-skinned woman and had a daughter with her so his daughter's dark-skinned and he got a lot of backlash for that because that is colorism and it's in the finest and the irony is he's dark-skinned himself (laughs) and to know that somebody who especially you know a man who is you know quite influential in his time and more recently there's a rapper called Kodak Black he's another American rapper and he just said some really ignorant things as well and I think it's from self-hate and it's it's just sad that, like you said, these celebrities who are by default influencers go around saying this stuff and are like, in a way, educating children through music and through social media as well. And it's the wrong type of education. It's kind of like doing the opposite of, of what we're trying to do. So I totally agree with that. And then sometimes I even question if they get endorsed and wondered that about celebrities because they will do it. Like if you look at Little Kim, and I'm talking a bit more R&B hip hop now, but Little Kim transformed her whole entire image, including color. She's unrecognizable to who she was before. If it was just a thing where she was doing plastic surgery, that would be a whole nother conversation entirely because you know across the board, you different races engage in plastic surgery. But she she went a step ahead and changed her colour and you have to think to yourself what is going on in the industry why this needs to be a thing if I take it a little bit more back to in my culture we have something called reggae or dancehall there's this famous reggae artist called Vibes Cartel and he's very well known amongst the Jamaican community and I mean really well known. and I just found it so interesting that he created a whole song to do with bleaching because this is a man who's quite who's very influential in the Caribbean particularly Jamaica so I just thought he was a no-nonsense cultural man and then he comes out with this cake soap song cake soap is a, another word for bleaching I know I'm waffling a bit but 
it's because these are very important because even I know an old friend of mine, when I say old friend, we went to primary school together. He's a rapper and I stumbled across his Snapchat and he's called Cake Soap. And I'm talking, I'm 30, he's 30, right? And I just thought, a part of me always felt that maybe as you grow older, I just assumed when you grow older, when you have children, I would have thought that you would let go of those uneducated thoughts about colorism, but he's actually started to bleach now. And his influencer, when you listen to his music, I can hear the Vibes Cartel reference. I, I definitely think celebrities have a massive impact on colorism. I don't think you've waffled, I think you've raised some really relevant points. As you know, and I'm sure those that are listening, because I've mentioned it so many times, I'm, I'm doing a PhD in colorism and colonialism. And I've also touched on Vibes Cartel. I can't remember what terminology I used, but it's about how racism is often used as like a freedom of speech. So you have the likes of, I don't know, Miley Cyrus having dark in her skin tone and it's just like, oh, just let me be, just let me be. I'm, I'm being myself and anybody that questions it is seen as being racist. There is something wrong in the industry because you have people like Beyonce that, you know, really tries to empower people of colour, but I don't see it being raised or profiled by other people. That's really unfortunate. And even within the South Asian music industry, there's a lot of emphasis on the girls being white. There was a Bollywood song that came out. So the actress herself was very light-skinned. She was Indian. And the song was very her saying, even if Beyonce saw you, she'd be ashamed. Saying because of how dark in comparison she is. To, I know we've touched on the entertainment industry. We've also touched on the responsibilities that lie with singers. Do you think colorism is just an issue for people of color or is it something that every race deals with or do we face it more? And I say we because we are three women here from different ethnic backgrounds. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting question, Monica, because I had to really search to try and be objective try and look at stuff outside of my experiences and that's hard i think i don't even know if i was successful but i do remember because i went to i would say it was a mixed school but it's predominantly white high school and a predominantly black primary school and i remember being in high school and like with i hate the fact that it's always white against people of color, not against but it's always white and people of color but i remember they would talk a lot of bad stuff about ginger people that was ginger had ginger hair yeah. And this is white people community. And um, I used to think to myself, I didn't really notice. And even when some of the ladies, I don't know if you watch Love Island or, you know, Big Brother, but a lot of the white ladies or even guys would say they prefer brunettes and sometimes, or, or blondes, and sometimes they would refer to it as, oh, I like dark haired men or dark eyes. And, or they would say like olive skin or darker skin, but they're talking about their own community of white people. So I sat there and thought, if I compare that to people of color's experiences, is it the same thing just in a different way? I would have to say, no, <laughs> it's not the same in, in my little research, desk research, because it's to do with power and oppression. I think it's cool for them to have their preference because it doesn't come with being treated differently necessarily, unless maybe you're ginger haired, because people who have ginger hair do have stories. They, they, they are ridiculed quite a lot. But it still doesn't really compare to people of colour because people of colour, I find, you know, what I've heard, especially from really, really, because in my community, I consider myself fully black. So this colorism thing is hard for me because I don't want to engage in it, but I can't ignore it. So I've always considered myself just black without the differences. But if I'm honest, I've had to accept that 
maybe I don't have the same exact story as a black person who is a lot darker than me. And listening to some people who are a lot darker, it's really sad to hear some of the stuff they've been through. And it's ironic because I think as a black person, I've gone through stuff anyway. But the point I'm making is it just doesn't compare because if you're treated differently, when it comes to getting a job, if it's based on your color. In the Caribbean, I've heard that the lighter you are, the more chance you have to work in better paid jobs. Whereas I feel like when white people are talking about their preference, I don't think it has an effect on the type of job they get. Basically what I'm saying is I don't think it compares. One is preference and it's kind of healthy. Apart from, like I said, people who are ginger or, you know, people who, they go through some level of discrimination. And I think you've touched on it really nicely where you've mentioned like, you know, the ginger hair, but I also think like the stereotypes, like you often would hear like growing up in school, like blondes would be associated to the word bimbo. The stereotypes aren't great at all. I just don't think it affects their money. <laughs> I know that sounds very um, straight to the point, but yeah, it doesn't affect their finances necessarily. Whereas I think if you're a person of colour, there's so much already going against you. And then on top of that, there's colorism. So I definitely think there might be an element of segregation and stereotypes in terms of our differences. But I think when it comes to colorism, cost is greater. There's almost the saying, isn't it, where women say, I want my man dark like my coffee. This connotation to, I don't want to say it offends men as well, Black men are often associated to having like larger penises. Quite belittling to a man because it's just like, so you think my worth is determined by this? But that is colorist views again. It is, it's definitely colorist views. It gets even more deeper because there's so many layers to it. You'd have the issue of being black anyway. And then you have the added layer, black men are sexualized. And the irony is that when it comes to black women, it's the opposite. I don't know if it's the same in the South Asian community in that the black men are more sexualized, the darker they are. And the women are seen as more ugly, the darker they are. So how could one be, you know, praised for being visibly beautiful and having big genitals? The exact opposite is considered ugly. We take it for face value. You look at someone, you don't get to know them, you're judging a book by the cover, and you've then just decided, okay, this person is light, which means I'm going to place them in this and in this box, and I'm going to assume that they are entitled to this privilege. And then mm -hmm. this person is dark, so for, therefore they are not good enough. Like, that's often the, con the connotations you hear. Like, if you look at colonialism, it was often the dark that were put out to be the slaves just because of their skin tone. It wasn't anything to do with their work ethics, their ability. It's just annoying that we're still putting people into boxes. We're not getting to know them. We're not getting to understand the dynamics of them, what makes them them before we make a decision. I agree, I totally agree. And also, I do think there has to be a level of accountability for people as well. So I have had friends, some of them actually like being sexualized because it got them more women. I know they were young at the time and this was like when we were before 25, but I've, even now, especially when you, you touched on celebrities earlier, I find that celebrities, especially rappers, they quite like the idea, they're desirable. So even though we may feel that, oh, but you're not being desired for your brain or your work ethic, you're being desired because of your genitals, essentially, and your skin, your complexion. But for some men, they quite like that, which is ironic. Thank you for sharing your experiences. I know we've touched on so many different elements now, isn't it? But I feel like they all interlink in one way, you know, a lot of 
TikTok trends, a lot of the videos are in, on Instagram are influenced by the music industry and vice versa. Thank you, Ebony, for your time. I feel like we could have so many follow-up conversations, so thanks for inviting me again. That was a great discussion with Ebony. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in today. We hope you can join us in the next one.